Investor Passive Income Podcast, where we talk about investing in real estate rental properties with a special focus on making enough money so you can quit your job and live the dream life. And now, here is your host, Dustin Heiner. All right, it's time to start the Master Passive Income Show. I am super excited to be here with you guys. My name is Dustin Heiner, and I'm here to help you learn how to quit that J-O-B, that just overbroke job, by investing in real estate rental properties so you never, ever have to work a job again. Now, I want to say that this is exciting right now, this time in the real estate investing market. And in general, people are thinking, oh my goodness, prices are so high. (laughs) Yes, they actually are. All over the country, prices are high. We're seeing inflation. We're seeing not just like, you know, housing market values go up or prices go up, but we're seeing regular inflation. Just like, oh my goodness. I went and was building a little shed and just one piece of OSB. It's a four by eight piece of plywood. Basically, people call it plywood, but OSB is what it's called. But it's just glued together wood in four feet by eight feet. It normally should be around $15. I remember a long time ago, it was like $12. But $15 to maybe $18, it's literally like $48 for a sheet of OSB. So I'm looking at the market. I'm looking at the economy. I'm looking at how our government is literally spending loads and loads and loads of money. I can talk so much more about inflation, how things are costing just so so much more. And because there's so much inflation now, if you remember, it was a little while ago, I told you guys that it was actually about a year ago, the Federal Reserve came out and literally said, we are not going to raise interest rates for a long time, maybe four years, five years, because there's no inflation. So we're going to keep in the interest rates really, really low. That is actually showing a sign that the economy, what they're thinking, the economy is not very good because you keep the interest rates low, people keep buying, borrowing money, keep spending money, and it keeps the economy going. Basically, keeps everybody, you know, money flowing or throughout the entire uh, economy. Now, what's happening is now the Federal Reserve just came out again and said, uh-oh, we think inflation is going to start going up, or it is going up. It's not uh, uh, migrating, or they call it transitory. It's really, they, they use big words to, because they think we're stupid, so we're not going to know what they're talking about. But they're, they're calling it transitory, like it's it's here for a little bit, and it's going to go away. Now they're starting to realize, uh-oh, we, uh, we've actually done something bad. So now, in 2023, they're going to start raising interest rates in 2023. That's what they said they're going to do. Now, what they say they're going to do, what they actually do, I don't know if that's actually always going to come to fruition, but it's looking like there's going to be some sort of economic turbulence as well as real estate market turbulence in general, in my opinion. Now, what I'm seeing is I'm actually really, really excited. Now, I'm not excited for the people that, you know, in the 2009 crash, a lot of people lost their jobs. A lot of people had really bad issues, lost their house, all that sort of stuff. I'm not excited about that. That's a bummer. That's hugely, hugely a bummer. But I learned from way back then. Now I prepared myself. I got cash on the side. I've got a bunch of investors. I've got private money. I've got lots of things ready to start buying more properties when there is a crash. I want you to be excited for a real estate market crash. I know you might be thinking, oh my goodness, a crash. I mean, maybe, you know, maybe I should just wait until there's a crash. No, you should absolutely not wait to start investing for when there's a crash because you don't know when there's going to be a crash. I thought literally it was going to crash in 2017. That's when I thought it was going to crash and it didn't. But here's the great thing. No matter what, if the market goes up, down, or sideways, we as real estate investors, buy and hold real estate investors, 
We make money every single month. We don't care about appreciation. And this is what we're going to get into in today's show. But because we invest right, because we invest for passive income, we don't care if the market goes up, down, or sideways because we make money in passive income every single month from the rents we receive minus the expenses. That difference is our passive income. Now, if you would think, let me wait until it crashes. Well, number one, it might be two, three years from now. They said 2023. It might be wait until then if it crashes. But that'd be at least two years until you might be able to start investing. Well, what if you wait and then all of a sudden there's a crash and you don't even know where to invest, how to invest. You've never really learned. Maybe you listen to the podcast and other podcasts, but you've never actually started doing your investing. You haven't built the business first. I and my students are so ready to buy lots of properties when there is a correction or a crash in the real estate market because we are buying right now, like literally right now. No, And we know even if the market crashes, we're still going to be 100% fine. In fact, the houses I owned in 2006, 2007 before the crash, I still own now. and <laughs> They've made me money every single day. So that's where I want you to be. I want you to get excited and see that there's something going to be coming that's it's going to be one of the best buying opportunities in our entire lifetime. If you don't get started now, how are you going to be able to get started once it's actually tough, once it's hard? See, now, what bankers want to do, they want to lend money to people who don't really need it. Well, I don't need any money to borrow. But shoot, when there's a bunch of properties, I'm going to be borrowing a lot of money when the properties are really, really low. If you get started investing now, you buy two or three properties, let's say you buy five properties, and you have an extra $3,000 a month in passive income coming in, well, it doesn't look like you really need a loan, so they're going to be able to give you loans. You're also going to have your business built. It's going to be ready to then buy more properties. You're also going to know when a good deal comes. Man, if you don't actually know what is out there, you haven't been looking at properties, you haven't been buying properties, you don't have realtors and wholesalers and other investors, you don't have everything already ready before you start investing, before the real estate market crashes, then you're not going to you're going to be so far behind the game by the time it starts picking back up again, you might be ready to start investing. No, you need to start investing now. In fact, I want to get you my real estate investing course absolutely for free if you go to masterpassiveincome.com forward slash free course. It's in the description. You can also text the word rental to 33777, R-E-N-T-A-L to 33777. But get my free real estate investing course because this is literally going to show you all the steps. And then also I have my real estate wealth builders where I do group coaching. All five of my masterclass courses are in there. You get the student success program. I would love for you to join us on our group coaching calls where I'm literally coaching all the students how to invest and what to do. We analyze properties. We do all that great stuff. So let's look at the 15 reasons why real estate rental properties are the best investment. Number one, cash flow from monthly rent. So when you buy your rental property, you must buy them to earn cash flow from day one. The rents minus your expenses is your cash flow for the property. And honestly, it's not uncommon to have anywhere from $200 to $300 a monthly cash flow from each property you own. Wouldn't that be amazing that you buy one property and you start making $200 to $300 a month in passive income just coming in your pocket. So imagine, you know, you normally get a paycheck every, what, two weeks. What they normally do is they tax you, they put out Social Security, they pull out um, Medicare, they pull out a whole bunch of stuff. But this is money that comes in your pocket directly. It's passive income as well. It's it's not earned income. Earned income is taxed at a greater rate. It's taxed at, what, 30 35% um, on top of other taxes you get charged. But 
this is a capital gains type of tax, uh, taxable income. So instead of being charged 35%, you're only getting charged 15 or 18%, whatever the, the going capital gains rate is. So right now, you're getting, I'm getting taxed much less. So I'm jumping into a whole nother one, but cash flow from monthly rent. So you have your income minus your expenses. Your income would be your rents. So whatever you're collecting from your rent. So imagine you're renting a home for $1,000 a month. Well, that income is not all going in your pocket, but a portion of it is if you buy it right. So your expenses, your expenses would be things like um, your mortgage, if you have a mortgage against a property, your property manager, any maintenance, any vacancy factor, any, uh, you know, if it's been, if it's vacant one month, you got to factor that in, um, you know, estimate how much it would be um, cost to, to do that. Your insurance, you know, things like this that you're, that I teach through, um, through my blog, Master Passive Income and the courses that I have. So I teach how to calculate all these expenses and subtract them from your income. Now, let's say you rent a house for a hundred or for a thousand dollars a month. So a thousand dollars a month is income that comes in from the tenant, but your mortgage is maybe $400 a month. Your uh, property management's another hundred dollars a month and insurance and taxes. So let's say you're, you estimate that your total expenses would be about $700 a month. Now, anything above your expenses that you charge for rent is income in your pocket. So if it's $700 of my expenses, that means out of $1,000, that's $300 that's going to be coming back into my pocket as passive income. Isn't that fantastic? Now, I have dozens of properties that make me over $300 a month. And the reason why is because I find properties and that, that basically make me at least $250 a month, if not more. But I don't buy it unless it makes me money. Now, that's the key I want to give you is if you're going to jump into rental properties, which I strongly suggest you do... I suggest don't buy any properties that do not make you at least $250 or more. And the reason why is because there's some expenses that might come up that you might not foresee. Maybe a furnace goes out. Maybe the roof starts to leak. Maybe the plumbing starts to go bad. There are some things that come up that you need to be a, to account for. And if you go any less than $250 a month in passive income, I've found that you tend to eat into your profits too much. And then by the end of the year, if you have one one month of vacancy where you know you didn't get rent for that one month, well, that eats up your entire year's profit. So what I want to say is cash flow from monthly rent is where you're going to be making your money every single month. And that's this is what I live on. This is how I'm able to be here in London for six weeks or Europe for six weeks and not work a job because I have money coming in every single month. So all the dozens of properties I, that I have, they bring in $300 a month. Well, that's a lot of money that I don't literally need to work. All right, number two, equity capture. Equity capture, it basically is when you buy a property. So you make your money, and I want you to remember this, you make your money on a real estate purchase when you buy the house. You realize the money when you sell the house. Remember, you want to buy low and sell high. Remember in the stock market, I did the opposite. I bought high and sold low. You don't want to do that. You want to buy low and sell high. And what do you have in there between the, the buy and the sell? That is how much money you make in equity capture. So just as you buy the property to earn cash flow from day one, you also want to buy the property below market value. This is so you can automatically gain equity 
on the property. So if you have a three bedroom, two bathroom, single family home and a market value is the value is $120,000. If you buy it, buy it for $100,000, you automatically gain $20,000 in equity in the property. Wouldn't that be awesome to automatically get equity just by buying it at a certain price? It's just like, you, you know, you buy a stock for $100 and the next day you can sell it for $120 you make $20 on that one stock. That's 20% gain. Same thing with equity capture. You can buy a house. It's possible to buy a house where you actually have equity built up. So on top of cash flow, you can even have equity where you have thousands of dollars from the day one. You automatically have that in the, in the property. Now there are ways to pull the pull the money out. You can sell it, um, which I don't necessarily recommend, which is all, obviously a good option, but you could also refinance and pull the money out to buy more investment properties, which I have done many, many times, which I talk about in my uh, uh, on my courses and my blogs and everything. So there are many ways to get at that equity, to use the equity. One good way is to refinance it, pull the money out. I've done that actually many, many times where I pulled money out, even from my own personal residence and bought investment properties because it makes me so much money. All right, number three, so equity buildup. You as an investor want to get paid for the value that you bring, not the hours that you work. To build up equity yourself, you can find the worst house in the best neighborhood. Fix it up, uh, minor repairs, even some major repairs, and like, you know, painting the, painting the house, getting the carpets fixed up. Um, you would increase the value of the home because you're putting work into the house. So, Imagine that same $120,000 home that you bought for $100,000. The value of the equity capture is $120,000 because you have bought it below market value. Well, if you put $10,000 into it, it may be worth $140,000 or $150,000 after you fix it up. So if you buy it for $100,000, put $10,000 into it, well, you're out $110,000. Well, if the value is worth $150,000, well, that's $40,000 more that you would have made just by buying it right and fixing it up. So there's more ways that you make money with rental properties. Another one would be market, or sorry, number four would be market appreciation. The fourth reason why I love real estate is market appreciation. For the last 200 years, the real estate market has doubled every 20 years. Imagine that, that you're, the money that you put into a property doubles every 20 years. So two of the main reasons are inflation and interest rates. We won't get into that, but basically uh, the market appreciates. You can see how somebody buys a house uh, for you know $100,000 and then 15 years later, 20 years later, they can sell it for double that. Um, it's really amazing to see how properties appreciate so fast and you can make so much money on them. Not to mention your rents increase because the value of home go, homes go up. So as the price of homes go up, so do rents because people can't afford expensive homes. They can't afford higher priced homes. So they decide to rent. Well, more demand for your rental property, which it means more money coming in because supply and demand, you have more demand for your for your product that you're giving or you're selling uh, or renting per se, which is your uh, rental property. That means you have more money that you can put in your pocket because there's more people wanting to rent so you can raise your rents. All right, number five, tenants pay your mortgage for you. Can you believe that? So if you go back to the first example, you're renting the, the, the home for $1,000 a month. Now your expenses are $700 a month and that's including your mortgage. Now you're still making $300 a month on top of your mortgage. So you're pocketing $300. But imagine that $400 a month in mortgage that you're paying, you are not paying that. Your tenant is paying that. So all the interest that you're supposedly paying, it's not coming out of your pocket. It's coming out of the tenant's pocket. All the taxes, all the 
insurance, everything is getting paid for by the tenant. So with a mon- monthly rent that you collect, part of the money goes to the mortgage, uh, that basically the principal. The principal meaning you bought it for $100,000. Well, that mortgage pays down that $100,000. Well, also part of it goes to the interest that your mortgage is collecting. So you pay for the interest as well as the principal, and it lowers the value or lowers the total mortgage. Now, imagine that your tenant is paying for the property. If you bought a home for $100,000, if you bought it an FHA loan, which is a 3.5% down payment, if you bought it that way, you would only have $3,500 in the deal. Basically, you buy a home for $3,500, get a mortgage. Now, the rest of that money, your tenant is paying for. So you bought a $100,000 home for $3,500, but your tenants are paying for the rest of the property and the interest. So you really bought a home for $3,500, period. Imagine that. That would be amazing. On top of putting money in your pocket every single month with cash flow. All right, so now also number six, you have complete control over your investment. Now, unlike stocks where you have no control, actually the only control you have is buy and sell. You don't have any control over anything else. Um, Or a business where you have so many variables where you have, like say you have a retail store where you have customers coming in and out. Well, if it rains, well, less customers come in because they don't want to get in the rain. I've I've personally experienced that myself. I own a... uh, I owned a business called Downtown Express where we heavily relied on foot traffic. Well, when it rained, people didn't want to walk. And so our, our income drastically took a hit. So I was praying against rain, but you know, it was good to, that we actually got rain. Anyways, so you have complete control over your investments because you own the property. Let's say there's a roof leak and somebody might tell you, hey, it'd be best to go ahead and re, uh, basically re-roof the entire thing. But you say, no, I don't want to re-roof the entire thing. That's going to be $5,000. Let's just patch it. Or let's just do half of the roof. I've actually done just half one side of the roof as opposed to the whole entire thing. So there, you have decisions on what you can do. Let's say a water heater goes out. Maybe the water heater was too big for the house originally. You know, it's a 50-gallon for a 50-gallon water heater for a three-bedroom house. That might be a little big. You want to save some money. Put a 40 or a 30 gallon water heater in there. So basically it's under your control to make sure that the property is um, rentable. Basically you want to make sure the tenant wants to live there. If you have a slum, uh, if you're a slum lord and you have a, a really horrible property, people won't want to live there. So the property is under your control to do with whatever you want. If you need to raise rents, well, if as long as you can get somebody to get in there, go ahead and raise the rents if they're going to pay that um, because it's that, that good of a property. Basically, the property is under your control, every bit of it, and you have the ability to do with it whatever you want. All right, number seven on the 15 reasons why owning real estate is the best investment. Um, owning real estate is seen as a business. Now, When you own one rental property, that is a business. You have started a business. So as soon as you buy one, the IRS sees your business as a business where you can do things like depreciate your the price of the home or the cost of the home over 27.5 years. Basically, your income is reduced by the the depreciation over 27.5 years. So if you buy a home for $100,000, well, that $100,000 is deducted from your income over 27.5 years. So it shows that you are making less money. So you get taxed less. You also, your operating expenses. So your mortgage interest, your insurance, your repairs, advertising, property manager, utility, yard maintenance, losses, etc. All these different expenses can be deducted from your income. So what happens is 
your expenses are deducted from your income. So if you're bringing $1,000 a month, well, you're not getting taxed on that $1,000. You're only getting taxed on the profit because all the expenses are deducted from the income. Also, any ownership expenses. So, you know, if you have property taxes, if you're driving to see the properties, um, your mileage can be taken off, your business cell phone, your per- professional fees like your accountants and lawyers, um, any travel that you do for to see new properties, to visit new areas, for conventions, for business education, uh, your home office, etc. All these other expenses can be deducted from your business. You buy one home. You have a business and you start deducting all of your expenses that you use to run the business. Now, I love running my business like a business and actually deducting things that I would normally, like I went to um, uh, to Texas to visit my properties to see how they're doing. Well, that is an entire expense. If I go to um, uh, Illinois to look at new properties and basically use that as a way to um, find a new area to invest. Well, that's all expenses. Even your cell phone, like I said, even your home office. But I don't don't take my word for it. I want you to go to your accountant and talk to your accountant how to best you know utilize these tax tax ways to um, save you money. But because it's seen as a business, you're able to deduct all your expenses that you have in your business from your income. All right, number eight. Taxes on your properties can be deferred almost indefinitely. Now, the IRS has a way for us as investors to exchange properties for other like-kind properties. It's called a 1031 exchange. So whenever you sell a house, let's say you buy a house for $100,000, you sell it for $150,000. Well, that $50,000 profit is can actually be taxed by the IRS as capital gains unless you do a 1031 exchange. Let's say you have a single family home, but you want to get into a duplex or a fourplex or a better home, bigger, better home. Basically, you want to get a better investment. Instead of getting taxed on that $50,000, you would actually use that $50,000 to buy this other property without being taxed. And that's with a 1031 exchange. Basically, what it boils down to is you sell the property for $150,000. You put that $50,000, set it aside for the ability to purchase another property, use that same money, I think it's within 90 days, to buy another property with that same money and not be taxed on that $50,000. So each time you do this, the 1031 exchange can do can be happened over and over and over again. So you buy go from a single family to a fourplex and you don't get taxed on that profit because you do a 1031 exchange. Let's say in five years you sell that fourplex, you get a 24 Plex, you know, a 24 apartment complex that has 24 units. Well, in doing that, you actually take that that same money that you, you, you didn't pay the taxes on the first one. The second time, you don't pay the taxes again because you do another 1031 exchange. You sell that in order to get the third property. Well, each time, you don't pay taxes on it, and that's deferring your taxes with a 1031 exchange. So you can keep putting it off. Um, it's absolutely fantastic to be able to not pay taxes or basically to defer your taxes over and over and over again. All right, number nine, you have no liability but all control. Now, when I say you need to start a business and have a business run like a business, basically is you put the property in a company's name. You start an LLC and and there's there um, I could show you how to do this. It's super, super simple. Basically, you start up an LLC In starting up an LLC, a limited liability company, you then put the property in the limited liability company's name. Now, the owner of the property is the LLC, not you. So if you ever get sued for your property, 
They don't, they can't, sorry, it's impossible for them to come after you. They can only go after the owner of the property, which is the LLC, not the personal person like myself. All my properties are in LLCs so that if I do ever get sued, it's not me that gets sued. It's whoever owns the property, which is one of my LLCs that actually owns the property. So they have to go sue my my um, business, but they can't come after me. They can go after whatever the business has, the assets that the business has, but they can't come after me. So I have all the control, but I have no liability, which is amazing to make sure that you don't get sued for, and people take your home, take your, your personal bank account. They can't, they can't go after anything that's not attached to the business um, as, as a business asset. Now let's move on to the 10th reason why real estate investment and rental properties are the best way to invest your money. So number 10 would be low volatility in the real estate market. Now I know what you're thinking. In 2008, 2009, I was in the same place where um, all of a sudden the real estate market just dropped and lots and lots of people lost plenty of money. And so some people might say, well, there's high volatility there. Well, if you were investing for quite a while, you can actually see that thing coming, see that bubble bursting. I just got started. Like I literally bought my first property um, like six months before the bubble burst. So that was a little rough for me. But now as I've been investing for over, what is that, 10, 12 years, something like that, um, I am able to see the market fluctuations, see when it sh- the prices are a little too high than it should be. I'm able to see things coming. But unlike the stock market, the real estate market does not change overnight. Even if the real estate market crashes as it did in 2008, 2009, and 2007 when it started going up, and 2009 when it burst, um, you could actually see that coming because as you see the stock market go up and up and up, you realize, hey, sometime it's going to have to come back down. Same thing with real estate. But real estate takes a lot longer for it to come down. You can see things coming. Uh, but no matter what happens in the market, the real estate market, if you learn how to buy the property right, where you're making money every single month, you'll never have to worry about a crash in the real estate market because your rent still comes in every single month. So if I buy a house for $120,000 right now, and in um, a year from now, it's worth $80,000, which I'm definitely losing money. That's what, forty grand i have lost in equity, but I still own the property and I'm still making a monthly rent. And rents don't come down very much. Imagine coming down maybe $25, $50 or something like that. That, um, you know, figuratively speaking, you know, percentage would be a little better way to uh, estimate. Let's say it comes down 10% um, off the top. Off the top. So if you're renting a property for $1,500, it comes down 10%. It's only $150 down. Where if you are already making 150, sorry, if you're already making $250, like I said from the very beginning, where you don't buy a property unless you're making at least $250. If it comes down $150, as it might have in 2008, 2009, where the big crash, which you know we haven't seen another crash like that, and it might be the only one ever, but um, you're still in the clear where you're still making money. And as the market came back up in three years, you're back making more, even more money than you were from the beginning. So there's low volatility in the real estate market. And just like a, um, a company can go out of business, That is what I absolutely dread is losing my money overnight. And with real estate, um, rental properties, my money will not go away over um, just out of nowhere. Like the business is not going to go under um, and 
I'm going to lose all my money. Just like if if I put all my money in, in Amazon. Well, if Amazon goes up in flames and they file bankruptcy, well, there goes all your money. Well, that's what I hate is losing money. And with real estate and the low volatility in the real estate market, I'm able to make sure that my my money is as, I want to say safe as it can be, but it's re- really, really safe and I can see things coming. But the biggest thing is I make money every single month. If the value of the house goes down, it doesn't matter to me because in 10 years, it'll be right back up and then some. All right, let's move on to number 11, making money in an up or down market or even a sideways market where nothing's happening. So no matter what, you can always find properties in an up or down market. You know, if the prices are going up, you can still find good deals and make good money. If the market's going down, where you think, oh man, my I bought a house for $200,000, now it's only worth $150,000, $125,000 or $100,000, well, you can still make money there. And it's even better though. So if you purchase the property right with the cash flow from day one, like I said, you're making at least $250 a month in passive income, you'll not have to worry about an up or down market. Um, since your mortgage, your mortgages are usually fixed at 30 years, 20 years, 15 years. Um, on average, I would say most people get a 30-year loan, which I would recommend because the prices of the properties are pretty high um, compared to your loan and your interest rates are low. So it means your, your actual payment each month is low, which gives you as much cash in, cash in your pocket every single month. So you have enough money coming in to cover your expenses, so you will always make money. So just because the value of the house goes down doesn't mean you'll actually lose money because you're making money every single month from the property. Now, number 12, so constant demand for your product. That's number 12. So imagine having a product that everybody is always going to want to buy, like maybe electricity. Think of electricity. So there's a reason why electricity companies are always going to be making money because everybody always needs electricity. What about toilet paper companies? You know, people, their companies make toilet paper. They're always going to be in business because people always need to buy toilet paper. No, toilet paper. Nobody's want to go to uh, using leaves and or whatever else that, you know, they had to before we had toilet paper. And those companies are going to have constant demand for their product because it's so necessary. Now, your property that you buy is absolutely necessary. There's somebody's always going to need a place to live, and even if the you know um, the market crashes, they're still going to need a place to live. It's not like they're going to stop living in a home. They're going to figure out a way to make rent. They're going to figure out a way to make money to pay their rent. So they're going to have constant demand for your product because everybody needs a place to live. Now, if you remember supply and demand, if you have more demand for your product your rents can go up. So as you have more people renting, the price or your rent, how much you can charge actually goes up. It gets better and better. So constant demand for your product. That's number 12. Number 13. Number 13 is great. I absolutely love this. This is how I grow my business exponentially is using OPM. You guys know what OPM is. OPM is other people's money. You could use other people's money to start your real estate business by using leverage or even just growing your business. Now, here, let me let me give you this scenario. Go to a banker and say, hey, banker, let me borrow $100,000 to buy a stock. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's $1 right now, but I'm going to buy 100,000 shares of it with your money. And um, would you please lend me the money? He will laugh at you and say, get out of my office. I'm absolutely not giving you any money. Wouldn't he? I, I absolutely think he would absolutely throw you out of the out of his office. Now, ask the same banker to borrow $100,000 to buy a home and 
be ready to sign because he's actually going to give you the contract right then and there to say, here's your money. I want to give you money because I'm going to make money on this. And my investment of $100,000 is locked down in a property. So if you default, they get a property. If you buy a stock with $100,000, if you default where you can't pay the loan, they're not going to get that. The, the stock is gone if, it, if it's, they go bankrupt. So they're not going to give that to you. But a property they have leverage. They have something that is is um, collateral, which is the property. So if anything goes wrong, they're just going to take the property, sell it, and get their money back. So that's why they're willing to give you the money for a real estate purchase as opposed to buying a stock. So when you buy a property with other people's money, your rate of return grows tremendously. If you buy a house, like an $80,000 house, you buy it cash, $80,000 and you make $8,400 a year. Well, you spent $80,000 to make $8,400 a year. That is a lot of money. You're just going to take 10, 000, sorry, 10 years before you actually make your money back. But if you used somebody else's money, let's say you put down 10% or 5% or even 3.5%, like an FHA loan. An FHA loan would be 3.5% down. You're going to be putting fraction down. So if you buy, let's say, a $100,000 home and 3.5% down is $3,500. You put $3,500 down, but it makes you $2,400 total a year. You made $2,400 out of $3,500. Well, your $3,500 that you put down you almost have all of your money back. It's almost a 100% return on your money. Wouldn't that be fantastic? So using other people's money is a great way to start your business. Now, also, here's a little key that I'm going to get into. This is another another um, podcast episode, but I'm going to get into this really quickly saying that you can exponentially grow your business by using other people's money. Now, when I say that, you can. I'll give you an example. So when I first started my business, I bought my first property with cash, and I Paid cash, really cheap property, only $17,000 cash. You know, literally, that's all the money we had. We put all that money into one property. After we bought that one property, I then refinanced that property, pulled the money back out, all that money, and then bought another house. So I really only had $17,000 into one house and then was able to buy another house because I pulled that money back out. So I had a loan on the first house, bought the second house with that cash. So I had two houses with one loan. Then I refinanced that second house, pulled that money out, and then bought two more houses with that second house. So now I had four houses with only two loans. And if you could think, um, with the prices of the homes being pretty low, the total monthly mortgage for both of those, so all four properties with two mortgages, the two mortgages total were $250 a month. Uh, sorry, three, $350 a month. Let me take that back. $350 a month for four different properties that I now owned. And all four of those properties brought me in $500 a month. That's $2,000 a month for those four properties minus the uh, $300 or $350 a month minus property management. So basically, I was clearing close to Twelve or thirteen hundred dollars with my two um, mortgages that I had on those two properties. Plus, I had four extra properties. So, using other people's money is a great way to grow your business. Now, I, I also do want to say that you also want to be wise. You don't want to get mortgages that are. Uh, you don't want to just buy a property because um, you. Hey, it looks good. Um, I can get a really great mortgage for it, and I'm going to make you know ten dollars a month on it. Well, you don't want to do that. You want to buy right. Um, you want to make sure you buy the property we're making two hundred fifty dollars a month in passive income. All right, number 14, we're getting close to the end, guys. You're doing a great job. So hedge 
against inflation. Real estate is a hedge against inflation. So let's let's say example, you put $10,000 into a savings account. Savings accounts, I would absolutely say never do that unless you find one you're getting better than a normal savings account, like a money market account. Um, if you go to, I have uh, um, a company that I use, I think it's Capital One 360. They give 1.5% uh, return every single month on the money that I put in there. It's amazing compared to, a savings account, which is 0.01%. So it's not even 1%. It's 0.01%. It's not even 0.1%. It's 0.01% savings. It's absolutely horrible. So after 10 years, you basically have $10. Um, if you put a $10,000 in a savings account, after 10 years, you basically have $10 back in your pocket in, in rough numbers. It'll probably be give or take a little more or less. But if you just throw that in a savings account, you would actually lose money because even though you gained $10 in interest over the 10 years, your money will actually, because of inflation being an average of 3.5% every single year, your money is only going to be worth $9,969 if you put it at $10,000. So you've actually lost money, even though you gained money, but that money can only buy $9,969 because of inflation, nine, nine, sorry, $9,969 worth of things, worth of goods, worth of, you know, food, cars, electricity, whatever, because everything else has gone up in price after those 10 years, you've actually lost money. And so real estate is a hedge against inflation, basically that you put your money in a real estate property. Well, that property appreciates over time. It goes up and up and up. And so your money, if you put $10,000 into a house, well, in in 20 years or 10 years, it might be worth double, triple, however much you bought it for. You know, you bought it for $10,000 as a down payment for a $120,000 house. And then after 20 years, it goes up to where you can sell it for $200,000. Well, you definitely beat inflation and you've made a ton of money. So a hedge against inflation is another great, great reason to invest in rental properties. All right, 15, your last one here is you can insure your investment. And this is absolutely amazing. Again, let, let's get take the scenario of you going to somebody and um, and asking them for insurance. Instead of, you know, last time we talked about going to a bank and asking them to borrow money. Imagine going to an insurance broker and saying, hi, insurance broker, I have this Apple stock. I actually want to put insurance on it, not just like a... Um, uh, an option on it to you know sell at a certain time. No, I actually want to buy insurance that if it goes under, you will pay me 100% of, of the replacement cost of that. They will laugh at you and say, absolutely not. That is not what we do. We do not insure stocks. But what you do is you go to a the same insurance guy and say, hey, I have a house. It's rented out. And I, I make $250 a month on it. I want to get insurance on it so it covers liability, covers left, or theft, loss, you know, fire, um, earthquakes, all that sort of stuff. It covers all these things. And he'll say, sure, here you go. Sign, sign right here and we'll get you insured today. And so you can insure your investment. Imagine being able to do that for a stock. Well, you can't. So real estate, out of all these 15 things, probably insuring one of your your insuring your investments is probably one of the best things because whatever money you put in, it's protected because you have insurance. And a great thing, your tenant is paying for your insurance. Can you believe that? You're not paying for the insurance because you have that calculated in, and that's part of your expenses. 
So you're still making money on top of that. Now, remember, I mean, I implore you. I'm, I'm really, really wanting you to get started right away. Don't put this off. You've just heard all the great reasons why you should start investing in real estate. And I'm literally giving everything to you for free. So get started. Just start moving forward. Buy that first property. Obviously, build the business first. We're going to do it right. Also, get my free real estate investing course. Text the word rental to 33777. You guys are awesome. Hope you guys the best with your investing. I'll see you guys next week. See ya.